0: Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to five, nine, seven, six, nine. Remember to love God, love people,
1: and love life. You got The atmosphere, right? Get your Bibles up. Uh, I'm using my mobile app, which has of course, um, the, um, our Bible. Now listen, for those of you who are on autopilot for the faith confession, I need you to pay attention to the screen. Because watch this just like the decades about to be new and the year about to be new the faith confession is about to be new y'all ready let's go together i'm ready to hear and then do the word i'm about to receive which makes all things new in jesus name amen i need you to get ready for new opportunities for a new circle i need you to get ready watch this for new doors opening I need you to get ready watch this for new things happening in your life i need you to just take watch this three seconds and put a hand in the air and just say god i thank you for new i thank you for new i thank you for new father speak to us now i decrease that you would increase let your word flow i pray that there be no hindrance that there be no block i pray that there be nothing that stops or impedes the flow of your work today i say have your way everybody say lord have your way Have your way in the message today. Father, have your way in this experience. Take over and do what you do. Answer prayers. Make things clear. We shake ourselves free from the year that we're exiting. And we get ready for the new. For the new you're doing in us. For the new you're doing through us. We let go of what was. And we embrace what's becoming. In Jesus' name, I need you to just shout thank you, Jesus. I need you to shout it one more time. Shout thank you, Jesus. So listen, we are in the last message of our series 2020, the last message of the year, the last message of the decade, and watch me, the first message of all things doing in your life. You're about to get 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,765 hours, 525,948 minutes, 31,556,926 seconds. You're about to be reloaded with a brand new year. and You better hear me and hear me clearly. This is the year that's going to make up for all the lost time of the previous year. This is the year that's going to make up, watch me, for all of the disappointment you experienced in the last decade. I need your faith to begin to elevate because this ain't going to be a repeat. I need to know that you're sitting next to somebody that believes that. Somebody say 2020 will not be a repeat. In our series, we've learned that vision, watch this, is how we see something, while sight is what we see. Sight is what we see. Vision is how we see something. And that has a word that begins with the P, and it is the word perception. Say perception. Can I be honest with you? Let me let you in on a secret. The last decade tried to poison your perception. The last year tried to poison your perception. What do you mean the last year tried? I just want you to think about some of the stuff that happened and watch me. Think about some of the thoughts that came on your mind as a result of what happened. I want you to think about those times. Can we have a real conversation where you began to doubt God? Come on, let's talk. I want you to think about those times where you began to say, I wonder if church is worth it. Let's talk. I want you to think about those times you said to yourself, I don't know if serving is worth it. I want you to think about those times you said, I wonder if my prayers are even working. Can we Tell the truth that this last year and this last decade, they've tried to poison your perception. tried to poison your perception through one of four things. Now, normally when I've been preaching in this series and teaching in this series, we glaze over these quickly. The Lord told me today, he said, son, I need you to make sure that they have a clear understanding of just how much came against them over the last decade and over the last year. And I need them to understand, watch me, that they beat it. And not only did they beat it, I need them to understand it made them better. Let me check the room. For those of you, watch this, who can look back and say, it was a lot of stuff that went down. But truth be told, I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. Watch me. I pray more. I give more. I serve more. I care more. I am better. So the first thing was people. Somebody say people. Often, um, the Lord said something to me today that I I posted because that thing rocked my world. I was like wonderful in living color. It rocked my world. He said, he said, son, often you think people changed. And we spend a lot of time trying to figure out why did so-and-so change? He said, son, they did not change. They just could no longer conceal their malignant motives any longer. I need some of you, watch this, who have been ruminating over why people are acting different with you. I'm here to tell you that was the real way they were from Jump Street. I need you to stop trying to figure out what is it that happened and what is it that you did. I'll tell you what happened. God says, I'm not letting any counterfeits come with you until the new year. Come on. I'm not letting any fake friends and fake love come with you until the new year. And I wish there was somebody on your road that dealt with some of them that could testify about it because you're sitting up here trying to figure out why they acting like this, why they're doing that. And God told me to tell you, it's nothing you did. They just couldn't fake you out anymore. First John 2.19 says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. In other words, they left our lives because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, watch me, so it might become plain. Stop. The issue you and I sometimes have is that because we know we're pure. We think other people we deal with are pure like us. Now, I'm not saying that from a pretentious or an arrogant standpoint, but if you're not going around trying to cheat on people and cheat people and and do wrong by people, you think that everybody is like that. And what do we learn in this series? There's three types of people, milk, wine, and poison. Milk spoils over time, wine gets better over time, and poison's trying to kill you and take you out. What is poison? It is milk that you did not throw out. (laughs) Watch me. Here's the reality. He says that it might become plain. Somebody say become plain. We often are looking at the potential that people have and not paying attention to the pattern that they've demonstrated. So that's what it says. First John 2.19. It says, they went out that it might become plain. Say, Lord, thank you for making it plain. Watch me. Because you would still be trying to take them into 2020 had he not made it plain. So we're about to have two celebrations in the building, and two celebrations in the overflow, and two celebrations online. I want you to celebrate everybody that left in the last decade. all <laughs> no, they saying nothing to me. I want you to celebrate everybody that left you, everybody that walked out, everybody that said deuces. Celebrate them. all no, they saying nothing to me. Now, here's the second celebration. I want you to celebrate all your ride or dies that are still with you. Celebrate. Because you got more people with you than you do against you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So here's what i taught us in this series we still have to love like we've never been let down and pour like it's never been wasted before and not to be fools but simply don't be better why if he's six eight says knowing that whatever good anyone does he'll receive the same back from the lord can i be honest with you i'm glad they didn't pay you mm. i'm glad they wasted your time they didn't have enough to pay you for it anyhow You weren't wasting time. Watch me. You were making an investment. You were sowing into your future. And the Bible says that whatever good you receive, you'll receive the same back from the Lord. And I need somebody to hear me. This next year and this next decade, God says, I'm ready to pay you back. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's payback time. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Y'all playing with me? Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's payback time. time. For every fake friend, for every fake. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. For every fake family member, for everybody, watch me, you gave up other people to keep them and then they dropped you. <laughs> Touch your neighbor, say it's payback time. Yeah. The, the reason this is so interesting is because when you run into issues with people, what does you do? When you run into issues with people, it makes you now look at all people through the lenses of your experience with a few people. I'm so glad Jesus didn't judge us because of what Judas did to him. Mm. I'm so glad, watch me, that Moses didn't judge the children of Israel because of what Korah, Dathan, and Abiram did to him. Watch me, I need you not to let what a few folk did make you throw away everybody because you got more for you than you do against you. <laughs> Issues with people can poison your perception. So now you're looking at things through the lenses of hurt and disappointment. And here's the second thing that can pose your perception, pain. Now we talked about it. Can I tell you something? In the English Standard Version of the Bible, that's the predominant version that's used in our app. That's what I preach from. The word pain appears most in one chapter of the Bible. It appears 13 times. You want to take a guess if you've been here for the series at what book of the Bible pain appears most in? Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he's always weeping about his assignment. For some of you, I need you to know, just because it's God doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. In fact, proof that it's God is that it's too hard for you. Proof that it's God is that by yourself you're like this is overwhelming I can't do this it's too much and God says I knew it was too much which is why I gave it to you so that way you wouldn't get arrogant and haughty and think that it's about you but you'd realize that you're gonna need me let's go old school church for a minute let's be harvest baptist for a minute we've come this far by faith leaning I need you to lean on somebody and say that's how you made it you were leaning on the Lord. You couldn't figure it out yourself. You couldn't understand it yourself. You needed the Lord. So this is why God always overloads you. Now, if you grew up in church, you heard things like this. He'll never put more on you. That, that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says you won't be tempted beyond something that he doesn't provide a reason of escape for. He will always put stuff on you. That while you're holding it, you're like, if one more... Where the real folk? it's too many. Y'all are loosening up in a minute, but I only got 20 more, so you need to come on, let's go. If one more email come, if one more person say one more, if they even look like they thinking about saying something to me, where the real folk in the room where people didn't know that you had already cussed them out and beat them up in your head? Y'all ain't saying nothing. And you're sitting there just a smiling, but they don't know you didn't call him everything. Where the real ones at? <laughs> Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because his assignment is to help people that don't want to be helped. But it's his assignment. Can I help you with something? God doesn't consult you about what you're called to do. So watch me. For everybody whose plan is this one I'm going to do, can I warn you? Be careful because he might have to tear it up just to show you who's God. (laughs) I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a bishop. I said, God, I'm good being a number two, serving another man of God. I will serve. I will do what I'm told to do. I will handle every out-of-order member. I said, send them to me. They won't be out of order again. I said, I was never in the military, but I think he put military in me. I, who you talking to, baby? I'm not certain who you're talking to. Don't. T-. I said, God, I see how people treat pastors. I said, and I'm still working my salvation out. Okay, you're going to look at me with that tone of judgmental face. I said, because one of them might say something like that to me, and there might be some trouble, trouble. And he said, I said, God... I said, I don't want to be talked about like that by people who benefit from what comes from my hand. I said, I don't want to be lied on. He said, I didn't consult you. I equipped you, now make it happen. And I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that as they step into this next decade, insecurity won't be an issue. If insecurity has been an issue for you this last decade or this last year, I need you to lift one of your hands and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, say, I rebuke insecurity. Say, I have what it takes. Say, I am well able. Say, I am very strong and very courageous. A lot of the times what we call wisdom is really insecurity with a mask on. You call it wisdom, and I don't think this, I don't think this, I don't feel this, I don't see this. And the truth is, it's not really wisdom. It's insecurity with a mask. You're afraid of failing, so you quit, so you won't call it a failure. You can call it a quit. You hear? Jeremiah... Is the number one book in the Bible where the word pain comes for 13 times. And Jeremiah, what did we learn in this series? He has a poison perception that creates false expectations. Here's what Jeremiah thought. God makes Jeremiah this amazing promise. Jeremiah, I'm going to make you a prophet to the nations. Think about it. He says, I'm bigger than my zip code. you going to make me a prophet to the nations? So just imagine what goes through his head at that moment. They didn't have TV, but can you just, can you just go with me for a little bit here? So Jeremiah is thinking he's going to have a million Instagram followers. He's gonna be trending on Twitter. He he just thinks his YouTube channel is gonna have millions of subscribers and he's gonna be a regular guest on cable news. He's just gonna be the man. He's gonna be the new thing. He's gonna be TikTok. (laughs) See, some of y'all don't even know what the new thing is. Jeremiah thinks this is going to be amazing because God has made me this promise. And God says, I'm going to be a prophet to the nations, a prophet to speak on behalf of God to the nations. And I'm going to do all of these amazing things. God said, I'm going to set you over kingdoms. And I'm going to set you over nations. If Jeremiah with you, you're going to root up and you're going to tear down and you're going to build up. Jeremiah is listening to the promise and thinking, this is amazing. And then he has to deal with the process. And can we all be honest that when we get excited about stuff, we get excited about the end result. But uh, not that often do we get excited about the construction process to get there. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. See, you got excited when you went to go look at the model house and they started showing you your options and saying, look at this and look at that and look at that. But watch this. Then when you started having construction delays, all of a sudden you said, is it really worth it? And I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, God's about to make it worth it. Every tear, every pain, every issue, everything you've ever gone through. God says, I'm about to make it worth it. You didn't go through that hell for nothing. So watch me. Stay with me. Jeremiah, watch this. He, he has this poison perception because he thinks he's going to have all of this success with no suffering. What's suffering? We've learned suffering is coping with internal pressure from opposing forces. What does that mean? What God said is on one side. So I keep hearing what God said. Prophet to the nations. Set you over kingdoms. Root up, pluck up, tear down, throw down. I'm gonna make you a fortified city. Jeremiah, you are gonna be the man. That's on one side. On the other side, his brothers came against him. They locked him up. They conspired against him. They threw him in a deep well and said, get yourself out. He had to worship his way out of a deep place. Let me pause for just a moment. Is there anybody in the building where over this last decade, you had to worship your way out of some deep places? You have to worship your way out of some places. I see some witnesses in here where you were like, God, if you don't get me out of this, I don't know how I'm going to get out. And I'm so glad you didn't commit suicide. I'm so glad you didn't quit. I'm so glad you didn't give up. Somebody holler, my worship worked. Tell somebody next to you, say your worship will work if you're working. They threw him in a well. They put him in stocks. They put him in stocks. Stocks were wooden instruments that they used, and it was a way of public, watch this, public humiliation and shame. So his feet are in stocks, his hands are in stocks, and everybody is wondering, why is he going through that? Watch me if God is with him. Come here, let me get in your business. Here's been your greatest question, if you're honest, over this last year and this last decade. God, if you are with me, why am I dealing with this because I'm confused because he don't even love you she don't even love you and it don't look like they going through anything let me stop and help you number one don't ever be fooled by a post because you got a pose to take a post Which means, watch this, stop comparing your practice footage with somebody else's highlight reel. What you're looking at is what they want you to see. They didn't show you that they had to go through some suffering too. But then number two, but then number two, it's like, God, if you're with me, why in the world am I dealing with this challenge? I thought you were with me. I thought you loved me. Let's start right there. Do not confuse your suffering with his love. See, that's part of your process. That's necessary. That's like saying, watch me. That's like saying you don't love your kid because you make them take a bath when they get dirty. Because what do they be doing when you be trying to wash their minds out? And I need some of you watch this to stop resisting. That's what's making it take so long. We're getting to where we're going. We're going to shout in a minute. I just got to make sure you understand where you've been these last 10 years and where you've been this last year. So Jeremiah's got on one side what God said. On the other side, what he's seeing. So that friction is called suffering. Say suffering. Suffering. It causes the feeling of only having bad options. So in Jeremiah's mind, my only options are bad. My only options are not good. I don't have any good cards to play because all of the hand is bad. You ever been in a place in life where you're like, look, there's no good play here. Like, because I'm, listen, this ain't what your neighbor said, but I'm going to clean it up. Because I'm doggoned if I do. You sit next to somebody that needs to learn how to tell the truth at church. Just wink at them and say, I know, I know, I know, know." I'm doggoned if I do. And I'm doggoned if I don't. I have no good options except bad ones. Because watch this. If I give up on what I'm called to do, God is going to look and say, well, listen, I'm not changing my mind about what I called you to do. See, some of you want God to change his mind because you think it's too much. Lay your hands on yourself so say, he's not changing my mind, his mind about me. Uh-uh. You got this. <laughs> Let me walk it out. I'm going to take us there. We're about to go. So Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7, because of his pain. Why does he have pain? Because he has false expectations. Look at this. Look at what he says to the Lord. Jeremiah 27. Oh, Lord, you deceived me and I was deceived. Okay, so why'd you have to repeat it twice? (laughs) Let me help you with this. Lay your hands on yourself, say stop looking for (laughs) cosigners for your foolishness. (laughs) It's amazing to me how when people are acting foolish, they try to get other people on the phone to take their side. It says you have deceived me and I was deceived. (laughs) And evidently, you don't believe it because you needed somebody else to back it up. He says, You are stronger than me, and I and you have prevailed. I've become the laughing stock all day. Everybody all day is laughing at me. Now, stop, Jeremiah. So, you've been to everybody's house, you've been to everybody's house, and you saw everybody laughing at you. Check this out pain will make you think people see what they don't. Pain will make you think that people are observing something that they had no clue was going on. I'm so glad God covered you while you were in the midst of your pain. And some people never knew how close you were to give it up. Some people never knew how close you were to just ending it all. God covered you. I'm about to to where we're going. But here's the deal. He says, Lord, you deceived me. Question, what did he actually promise him? What did God actually promise him? It's in Jeremiah 119. We looked at this on Sunday. Here's here's God's promise. If you grew up in church, you heard things like this. Stand on the promises of God. If you grew up in church, you heard things like this. Stand on his promises. Believe in his word. What did he promise? Believe in his word. What does his word say? Here it is right here. 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 He says, they're going to fight against you. Touch your name and say, whoop daddy is. They are going to fight against you but they shall not prevail against you. Here's the promise. Can I give you the promise? Here's the promise. They're going to fight you, but I got you. They're going to lie, but I got you. They're going to do you wrong, but I got you. They're going to create false stories because it ain't nothing true negative to say about you. But I got you. I need you to encourage somebody in your room and say, God's got you. No, 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 uh, no! Uh, uh, because when you really believe that, you'll put something on the end of that. Touch somebody else say, God's got you. No, y'all play with me. Y'all play with me. Find you somebody else and touch them and say, God's got you. How do you know he's got you? Because even though they were fighting you, you still won. Even though they came against you, you still won. Even though there were days you said, why me? God says, get up and keep it moving. God made you like the energizer bunny. You just... You just keep going and going and going and going. Everybody holler, God's got me. He said, said, I'm with you, Jeremiah. Christmas, I'm Emmanuel. That's when we're introduced to that name of God. Emmanuel. Say, God is with me. Here's the problem we have. We think that if he's with us, that should mean the absence of pain. We think that because he's with us, that should mean the absence of issues. Can I be honest with you? You think that because he's with you, that means the absence of issues with other Christians. His greatest enemies were false prophets, watch me, and priests. Let me translate for you, church folk. And I need you not, watch it. they're not why you came here. So they don't need to be why you stop coming here. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Stop letting people run you away from God. I need you to make this declaration over your next decade. Say, nobody's running me away. You're in the right place at the right time with the right word under the right man of God. Don't you miss your moment because of bugaboo on your... His greatest issues were with church folk. The world loved Jeremiah. Like, we like this guy. Church folk was the ones giving Jeremiah problems. Here's what God promised him. He says, we're getting to where we're going. Stay with me. He says, they're going to fight you, but I'm with you, declares the Lord. To do what? To deliver you. Stop. Deliver means you're going to be in some stuff. Well, you're going to be like, I guess this is it. You're going to be like Red Fox. This is the big one. And what you thought was going to be your biggest breakdown God will turn that thing around and make it your biggest break. If there's anybody over the last 10 years where God turned a breakdown into a breakthrough, I just want you to worship him for five seconds. Go. Five, four, go. Three, two, woo. Say, thank you, Jesus. Watch. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It gets so bad for Jeremiah. in Verse nine. Watch me. He says, I'm not mentioning you anymore. Now what's his calling to be a prophet? What does that mean? To speak on behalf of God. Okay, how a gas station ain't going to have gas? How Papa dolls ain't going to have white bread? Huh? How Popeye's going to run out the chicken sandwich? I heard it was good. I don't know. I can't do it. How Chick-fil-A... Ain't got no fillets. How is a man of God going to say, I'm not preaching about God? Over it. I'm done. Can I be honest with you over what this last decade has tried to do to you? It's tried to have you in that place. I'm done. And for you, watch this. Maybe it wasn't the same thing Jeremiah was done with. For you, maybe you said, I'm done praying. I'm done giving. I'm done worshiping. Watch me. Let me get in your business. I'm done with people. That doesn't even make sense. you going to walk to work. Good morning. You in customer service. Answer the phone. Don't say nothing. I'm done with people. watch me, we're getting ready to go to second gear watch me, he says if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, <laughs> like that's crazy, so what are you going to do Jeremiah you're going know, to drive trucks, you're going to be an ox herder but... what are you going to do what are you going to do here's what God has done for you he has shut the doors to your plan B yeah. plan C plan D Plan E. I wish I had some real ones in the building. Well, even when you wanted to jump ship, he sent the other ships away. He said, he said, I don't want to do this no more. Here you go. This room is about to shift real fast. You ready? Here you go. He says, but there it is. Where it go? Right here. Where? In me. Somebody how there and go, he says, I'm dealing with all this pain, but there it is right there in my heart. What does heart mean in the Bible? Mind, love in the Old Testament, cardi in the New Testament. He says, there it is in my mind. Here it is, a burning fire that's shut up in my bones. He says, and when I try to hold it in, leave the scripture up. When I try to hold it in, it wearies me. In other words, when I'm running from God, all of a sudden, I thought I was going to get freedom, but now I'm tired as hell. I wish you would be real with me tonight. When I'm trying to do my own thing, now all of a sudden, I'm tired, I'm cranky, I'm angry, I'm mad, I don't have vision, I'm weary. Hell is not a cuss word. It's a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. It's a trash heap outside of Jerusalem. He said... He said, he said, I tried. We good. I told y'all ladies, get ready to sweat it out. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) playing. Watch. I got you. I got you. You good. I got you. There's none over here. He says, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Look, he says, Pain made me want to give up because I didn't understand how, if you're with me, why is this so painful? But the pain was lighter fluid because the more it tried to shut me down, it kept adding. Fuel to the flame. Watch me. If I'm honest with you, what motivated you most over this last decade was when you thought about the pain you went through. It made you open up your laptop. Let's be real. It made you get focused. It made you make things happen. It lit a fire. What are you trying to say? The pain was lighter fluid. It motivated you. It made you go research something you've been avoiding. Come here, I need to test the room. Who in this building over the last decade, you've had some pain that if you're honest, that pain actually became a motivating factor in you doing something different. You wanna know why? We only change one of two times. When we learn enough that we want to or we hurt enough that we have to. Watch this, this is only for those of you that are mature. I want you to release a praise, watch this, not for the stuff that went good. I want you to release a praise for the painful stuff you dealt with over the last decade. I'm glad they stabbed you in the back. I'm glad they lied on you. I'm glad they took the contract. I'm glad they fired you unjustly. I'm glad they stole the money. Somebody holler, thank you, Jesus. It was lighter fluid, man. God says, I know how to make you move. Watch me. I know how to make you dance. I know how to make you praise. I know how to make you worship. He says, since you wouldn't tell me thank you in the good days, I just turned the flame up a little bit. And I'm so glad you've matured to the point that where you say, I ain't got to be going through nothing to give him a praise. When I think, let's go. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I don't need a storm baby watch me give him glory right in the middle of what I'm doing I don't need nobody to hurt me watch me shout right in the middle of what I'm doing let's just take a 15 second praise break right here for those that can give God glory for your pain go come on and give him glory it lit my fire it stirred me up it made me spiritual say yes Lord Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, because in 21 minutes, God is shutting the door. To what history will reflect was a painful decade, but it was a purposeful decade. Let me move, let me move, let me move, let me move. We're about to shout. You ready? Say, thank God for my pain. For Jeremiah, though, it poisoned his perception. So, what did God have to use to get him out of this poison perception? He says, Listen, this is lighter fluid. He said, Jeremiah, if you don't learn how to take what they throw at you and use it, you're going to be punking out all your life. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, "I'm I'm a warrior. Say, I'm a gladiator. Come on here. Say, I'm a fighter. Say, I don't run from it. I I shut it down. down. Start something with me if you want to. You ain't going to do nothing but make my fire get bigger. Which takes me to the third thing that we talked about. Lord says, son, take them back where they've been. Problems. Problems can poison your perception. In optometry, please listen to this. This is going to rock your world. There's something natural that illustrates something spiritual. It's called Charles Bonnet syndrome. CBS for short. It's caused by a loss of vision and the way your brain, watch me, reacts to this loss. Followed, watch this, it followed, it's followed by a big deterioration in your sight. Let me see if I can say it another way. After you have, watch this, and you take a big hit that affects your sight, you begin to have Charles Bonnet syndrome. Uh, When your vision is good, listen, the information from your eyes stops the brain from creating its own pictures. Why? The brain doesn't need to create what I can clearly see. But when your sight takes a big hit, your brain can sometimes fill in these gaps by creating hallucinations, so you end up seeing what's not really there. Mm. Let me back that thing up so everybody on your row gets it. Charles Bonnet Syndrome says, after you take a big hit to your sight, What ends up happening is that because you can't see things right now, watch me, your mind ends up creating things to fill in the gaps, so you will begin to hallucinate. Let me see if I can say it another way. You will think everybody's against you, but everybody's not. You will think somebody don't like you and they're really your greatest friend. You will think that something is not because you're hallucinating. Over this last decade, your neighbor has been hallucinating and seeing things that were not there. So they saw, watch this, they saw and said to themselves, I guess I have no value. They saw and said to themselves, I guess nothing's ever going to work out for me. They saw and said to themselves, I guess that's just my lot in life. It's never going to improve. And I need to tell you this, and you better hear me and hear me real good right through here. That was just an hallucination. Some of you took a big hit because some people left you. You took a big hit because you had a financial setback. You took a big hit because you had to move and weren't planning on it. And that big hit made you begin to see things and hallucinate and see things that were not really there. So you began to see yourself as a victim, as if somebody owed you something. You begin to see things your way. Y'all better blow them blower things. What do you call that? Blower. I don't know. Horn. Horns! Party horn. Okay, horn is what it's called. Okay, that's what it is. Horn is Hebrew for the thing in your hand. All right, watch. Because one person didn't want to do right. You began to hallucinate. And you began to say, you know what? I should just quit everything because this one person don't want to do right. For my entrepreneurs in the room, because you had one client that was your big fish, you began to hallucinate and say, well, I guess I'm not good at business. Because you had one issue in your marriage, and if you really think about the issue, it really wasn't much of an issue. Let's tell the truth. You were mad about why the cornflakes were left out. And what really made you angry about that, watch this, wasn't the cornflakes, it was because you feel unappreciated. And when you saw cornflakes left out, you said, I guess nobody in this house appreciates all of the work I do to keep this house clean. Come on, let's talk. (laughs) That one issue makes you hallucinate and say, you know what, this family don't care about me. This family don't love me. None of these people care about me. They just using me. I cook, I clean, I iron these clothes. That's your first problem. You need to get that stuff dry clean. You're doing too much. You need to learn efficiency. God's trying to teach you lessons. Come on here, inefficiency. You're doing too much. That's on you. So you need to take that one off the list. (laughs) That's you. (laughs) Sitting there starching stuff all night. Listen, that's too much. Go over here to the Dollar Cleaner right over here. me. Say hallucinations. Hallucinations. So what a hallucination does is it makes you think something's there that isn't. So watch me. You act as if it's there. So if I think the pulpit's right here when it's really over there, I'm going to keep avoiding. I'm going to keep skirting what's not really there. I'm going to use a lot of energy. Come here. Because some of y'all are like, I'm just so tired. You're not tired, you're hallucinating. Because you took a big hit, and when you took a big hit, that problem now has you thinking things that aren't real. But I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, fix my vision. So let's look at this real quickly. 2 Kings 6 and 15. Let me show you a man that was hallucinating. Let me show you. 2 Kings 6 and 15. When the servant of the man of God, this is Elisha we're talking about. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Look at me. He said, master, it's a whole bunch of guys out here ready to take us down. It's an army. And watch this. They've got horses and chariots. That means they didn't come to talk. They came to do war. So his response to the man of God is, what are we going to do? Watch me. When you're hallucinating, you'll start asking questions that don't need to be answered. Come on. When you're hallucinating, you'll begin to think things that do not need to be thought. Watch me. You'll use a lot of energy to solve a problem that doesn't even exist. <laughs> I need you to lay your hands on, yourself, on your neighbor and say, this next decade, you're not going to waste your energy. Yeah. Come, on. I, I got, come on. I got five minutes to get this together. Touch him. Say, you're not going to waste your energy in this next decade. You spent a lot of time solving problems that didn't need to be solved. Treating issues that didn't need to be treated. Dealing with things that did not need to be dealt with. Watch. Look at verse 16. He said, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Why could he not see it? Because he just took a big hit. What was the big hit? He saw a big problem, and all of a sudden now he's beginning to hallucinate, and he can't see that if God was with them, he was more than all of that army against them. Look at verse 17. Then Elisha prayed and said, Oh, Lord, please open his eyes. Well, his eyes were clearly open, so he wasn't talking about his sight. Come on, church. He was talking about his vision. Say, Lord, fix my vision. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Say, Lord, fix my vision. It ain't what I'm seeing, it's how I'm looking at it. And if I look at it the way God looks at it, I can say like David said to Goliath, who is this uncircumcised philistine that dare defy the armies of the living God? If God brought me to it, God will get me through it. He says, Lord, open this man's eyes, fix his vision. Say, Lord, fix my vision. So the Lord opened the eyes. Stop. Watch this. This isn't 12 steps. And I'm not knocking that. This isn't five steps. I'm not knocking that. This isn't watching a nice TED talk. I ain't knocking Ted. But for your vision to be right, it takes God. I need you to get this tonight. It's simple. We do all of these other things, but God. You done YouTube, you've Googled. Some of y'all went back. You AOL'd. I don't even know why you still have that on your computer. A pastor sent me an email from AOL the other day. I said, I'm not even responding, sir. You're going to have to just call me. I... It might dial up. I'm joking. I'm joking. Verse. Look. It says, uh, watch this. Open his eyes. Say, God, I need, you. I need you. I say, I need to see it the way you see it. See it. Come on, say, I need to view it the way you view it. He says, watch this. He says, and the Lord opened his eyes, and behold, so he fixed his vision, how he saw things. And he says, behold, there were chariots, watch me, not with horses. These are chariots of Why does God make the distinction so that we know there's a difference? He says, because watch this. A fire ain't scared of no horse, but a horse is scared of fire. In other words, God says, you may think you're outnumbered, but what you're using is stronger than what they use. And a man used to say it like this. You can't use with the stuff I use. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, God has got me covered. Watch Watch where they were. They were around Elisha. Which means he couldn't even discern. Watch me. That what was around his leader. Be careful. Watch me that you don't miss God because, watch me, because your access has made you too common with God. I don't have much time to work that point, but let me help you understand something. If you get used to special, it doesn't become special anymore. So sometimes God's got to take you through something so that you recognize just how special he really is. Come on let's up. Sometimes you go through things, watch this, where you take God for granted. And God says, "Baby, you don't even know that I'm the greatest thing you got going for you. And sometimes he's got to remind you, don't make me common." I'm not Muhammad, I'm not ba- I'm not, y'all ain't saying nothing I'm not some pyramid god I am king of kings and lord, this is what God says king of kings and lord of lords and the great I am, do not make me common because your access has made you forget I'm special you hear? here's the last thing, here's the last thing the pass, say the pass y'all we got four minutes to roll y'all ready? Now, not four minutes to the new year, but four minutes so I got finished so I can get you to the new year. Okay? Here we got. Say the past. the past. The past can poison your perception. How many of us have some stuff over the last decade, over the last year? The truth be told, we're excited to shut the door. <laughs> you got some chapters you're like, uh, I don't even want to see that. Truth be told, let's not even talk, let's not and say we did. Uh, Isaiah 43, 18. Remember not the former things. Say, I can't remember the past. past. See, watch me. The rules didn't change. You did. God says, I need you not to remember the past nor even consider the things of old. What does that mean? I do not need you to judge your next 10 based on what happened in your last 10. I need you to release this over your life. Say, it will not be a repeat. Say, I'm about to make history. Come on here. Say, I'm about to break every curse. Say, I'm the line crosser. The history maker in my bloodline. Listen to this, verse 19. He says, behold, I'm taking you into a new thing. Come on. Behold, I am doing a new thing. When is it happening? Now. When is it happening, New Year's Eve? Now. Now. I need you to shout that thing like you believe it. What is it happening? Now! He says, Now it springs forth. What does spring mean? This ain't just gonna be no little thing. You ain't just gonna go home and say, I still so had a good time at church. You're gonna go home and look at your house different. For some of you, I need you to change your furniture around the mall. I need you to get used to new let's go For some of you i need you to change the way your car is organized i need you to get used to new for some of you i need you to change the way your closet is you say oh bishop that makes sense no i'm doing in the natural what god is doing in the spirit all things are becoming new all things are becoming new he says watch me i will make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert in other words god says right in the middle of you're trying to figure out so what's really going to change in 2020. God says, I'm going to come and send a river. What's really going to change with my family? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. What's really going to change with my finances? And I'm going to put a river in the middle of a desert. In other words, God says, you're about to see me do the supernatural. You read about it for the last decade, but the next decade, you're going to be living it. You read about others doing it in the last decade. In the next decade, it's going to be you writing the story. And the Lord was... And the Lord was with you. If there's some people in this building that know the Lord is with you, I just need you to holler, the Lord is with me. Say, the Lord is with me. Watch. So, listen, what's going to make, here it is, 2020 different? It's not that your vision is perfect, but the poison of 2019 and the poison of the last decade did not work. Instead, what did we call the year 2019? Year of manifestation. And in most messages at the beginning of the year, I said, it's the number of birthing. Watch this. 2019, here's what it did. It birthed a better you. And you can say, I may not be where I want to be, but I can look back over the last decade and I can tell I'm not where I used to be somebody release this, say all things are new come on, say it again, say all things are new release it one more time, say all things are new so here it is the last piece, Joshua 10 and 12 Joshua's the new leader, he's got new leadership around him I need you to get used to, watch this, the the people in the seats around you changing I need you to be okay being in StrangerVille for a little bit I mean, Stranger View. Watch this, because when God is doing something new in your life, sometimes He has to watch this. He has to remove those that want to hold on to what was. I need you to check your row and say, everybody on this row is in new. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't want to hear nothing about the past. I don't want to hear nothing about the way it was. Baby, this ain't that. And I'm not sitting up here entertaining a conversation with you about how we need to go back. We do not need to go back. God wants to do something new. Hear me, body of Christ. We don't need revival. We need evolution. What is revival? To bring something that was dead back to life. Why do you want to bring something back to life that was dead if God's the one that killed it? Here it is, Joshua 10, 12. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, say, he's the new leader. Say, he's doing new things. Say, he took new territory. Say, but he needed a new miracle. In 2020, you better get ready. Watch this. For praise report. After praise report. After praise report, after praise report, after praise report, after praise report. Because just when you think God did it, God's going to be like, I got something new. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Just when you think like God has done his best move, God is going to be like, I got something new for you. Go check in the car. I got something new. Go check your bank account. I got something new. Go check the doctor's report. I got something. Watch. It says, son, stand still. At Gibeon and moon in the valley of Agilon Joshua tells the sun don't move somebody say that's new he had never seen it done before so you're about to pray some new prayers he'd never seen that done before he says sun stands still that's where they're at. he says and moon don't move verse 13 and the sun did what okay I ain't moving then until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jason? The sun stopped, say it, stop, stop. In the midst of heaven. And it did not set, watch me, for a whole day. On Sunday, I told you why that's important for you. Because 2020 is the year of Joshua. Say like, all things new. And yeah, there's some people, watch this, who in 2019, you were their equal. <laughs> In 2020, you're going to be their boss. You can sit there and look at me like that if you want to. Or you can step in the water. and Say all things new. There's some folks you were borrowing from in 2019. But God's going to make it new so that you're going to be the lender not to borrow in 20. 20- say all things new. Look at this. Look, here it is. Why is this important to us? Because what Joshua literally does is create something new. Up until that point, there was only 365 days in a year. Joshua creates something new. Lay your hands on yourself, say, I'm gonna create something new. So you're about to pioneer something something ain't nobody ever seen before. So you don't have a point of reference for it because you've not seen anybody else in your bloodline do it. But you're gonna be the first. I need you to get ready to be the first. Somebody say, I'm gonna be the first. Here it is, and I need you to get this in your spirit, because in about 45 seconds, you're going to be in your new thing. Why is this important? Say, "Why, why, Bishop? Joshua creates a leap year where he adds a day to the calendar. 2020 is a leap year where it is not 365 days. God's adding a day to the year. And it's going to be 366 days. Which means God says, this is the year where all things will become. This is the year all things will become. Verse 14. There's not been a day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord, somebody say the Lord, Lord fought fought for Israel. Israel. Say he's fighting for me. Guys, we're about to step into your new year. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.